coming up, mustache preens, quantum schemes, and tachyon beams. Plus, Entomology 101, Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood, and another session of full disclosure as the mailbag gets weird. All this and more coming up on this episode of Kiss the Goat. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Light a candle for the sinners, set the world on fire. This circle is closed, nothing is true, and everything is permissible. This is episode 20 of Kiss the Goat, and welcome to it. Everyone, please hold hands and welcome the presence of Kiss the Goat's patron saint, John Carradine. And this is John Carradine. My witches, they pray. I know the secret. Full moon, killing things. I'm going to take the brain of a lesbian and put it into the body of a man who works for the telephone company. But why? What good will this do anybody? It'll show those fools who call me mad. This time around, we're going to get smart. And a little bit weird. We got to talk about quantum physics and liquid measurements. How ants get into the back of a television set. Whether evil can be measured as a recognizable physical force. How gravity works. Or perhaps even the possibility of time travel. Potentially a pretty heavy show. All this about a movie that was critically reviled when it was first released. Well, sometimes critics are dumb. Some of them may have changed their opinion with hindsight and the passage of time. And even though we aren't critics, we may as well throw our opinions out there too. Hang out with us as we discuss John Carpenter's movie from 1987, Prince of Darkness. We'll be right back. There are many mysteries in this world, and whether you believe or not believe, we gather to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal, And nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. Seventy-two movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list of video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley Hello, hello. as we chat about 
the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, in 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.kruegernation.com. And now it's time to visit Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood to find out what Reverend Pat has to say to us today. This question comes in from Amber, who says, My mother-in-law practices witchcraft and palm readings. I don't want my daughter around someone who does this, but should I cut her out of our lives? You better believe you should. I know that sounds hard, but you, you cannot have yourself exposed to that I mean, the, the, this is the daughter of the devil. You know, Billy Graham said, if somebody marries an unbeliever, he takes the devil for his father-in-law. Well, you apparently got Mrs. Devil as a father, as a mother-in-law. I don't know how you got into a situation. What do, you, do you have a husband? Uh, and what does the husband say? Is he into this stuff with his mother? You've got to put God first, and this is a clear violation. And, and she is in league with satanic forces. You cannot have a part of that. And what you need to do is to bind that in prayer, speak against it, and cast mm -hmm. those spirits away, because this is dabbling with devils, and this isn't something you want. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. So what happens if you adopt some kids and then decide you don't want them anymore? Uh, eBay? Well, that seems almost as rational as what this guy did. Get ready for a heaping helping of what the fuck. It's time for Satan in the News. a Google search for Representative Justin Harris. He's from Arkansas. Shocker. And he's a conservative Christian Republican. Oh, double shocker. Harris and his wife, Marcia, adopted three girls. This is a nice thing. It's a good thing. But he decided to rehome the girls like they were fucking puppies because, and get ready for this, they were possessed by demons. And these are girls that Representative Harris used his political position to pressure the DHS into homing with him. This is like a kid who really wants a pet and then bitches and whines until he gets it and then leaves it in the backyard without petting it or feeding it. Harris told the Department of Human Services that the girls were too difficult for them to handle and wanted them out of the house. This led the DHS to, I don't know, follow the fucking law and tell Harris that he would be charged with abandonment. 
That would have meant him losing custody of his three biological sons, and it could have made him lose his business as well. What business? Get this. It's a preschool called Growing God's Kingdom. Man, this this horrid shit just writes itself. You know? Uh, he also said that DHS misled him about the girls, claiming they had reactive attachment disorder. Now, this is a severe, although rare, disorder, which inhibits children from forming normal attachments to primary caregivers in early childhood. Now, this can be caused by neglect or abuse or either too many caregivers or a sudden separation from a caregiver. But instead of listening to the experts and training themselves to help these children achieve their full potential, the Harrises chose to believe something else. Multiple sources have confirmed a story stating that the Harrises believed the girls were possessed by demons and could communicate telepathically. In fact, the Harrises hired exorcists to come in and perform an exorcism on two of the girls while the rest of the family waited outside. Um, fuck these people. Yeah. Now, it must be stated that the girls were violent. Um, One of them was deemed an immediate threat to the representative's sons and was placed in a hospital. That adoption never actually went through. The two remaining girls had problems also. Um, One of them had to be medicated to prevent her from hurting the other sister. And then one of them killed a family pet. So, okay, I can see where that would be a problem. You know, but the Harrises knew the kids were emotionally disturbed to begin with. And they were warned. And they should have been prepared. And not just them, anyone. I mean, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Now, Harris says he went to the DHS for help after that incident and received none. So that's when Harris came up with his own solution, and that's where the rehoming comes into play. Harris decided to give the girls to his neighbors, the Francises, longtime friends of the Harrises, apparently. And hey, guess what? Eric Francis is currently serving 40 years in prison for raping the child the Harrises gave them and sexually assaulting other children. Great choice, elected politician! Well, the girls stayed with the Harrises for about 14 months. Uh, Their babysitter watched one of the girls only through a closed-circuit monitor and only entered the room to give her food and water. And why? Because the girls were separated so that they couldn't communicate telepathically or consort with demons or show anyone their six-year-old dirty pillows. Now, the babysitter says the Harrises showed her a picture of the girl saying that you could see the demon rising from her back. Of course, the babysitter could not see any such thing. Another source claims that Marsha Harris showed her a video claiming that you could see a demon doing something with one of the girls. Now, the Harrises considered this to be a case of spiritual warfare. I understand that. I understand that mentality. It's kind of like a pray the gay away situation. The spiritual warfare movement believes that any kind of disease or mental illness or anything that you perceive to be wrong with the world is a result of the ongoing war between angels and demons. And the side that prays the hardest wins. Well, they took away the oldest girl's toys because a demon told her not to share. Demons told her not to say thank you for her toys, so they took away all of her toys and her colored clothes. So here's part of the kicker. 
when the girls were in another foster home after they were removed from the Harris's home, one of those foster parents said, quote, if they were violent in the Harris home, they were taught violence. They thrived in our home. So let's clarify. The children have been adopted and they are doing well. The Harrises are busy trying to build a case against DHS, saying they refuse to help with the situation. But they're also blaming the children for foul behavior that absolutely no one else has seen. Is that evil? I'm uh, pretty sure that's a yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's it for Satan in the News. You guys have time to go vomit and come back just in time for us to break down John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Back in a few. This old world Takes it all Try to keep One good girl Stand alone Darkness calls Satan lives Knocking south The Nanoaser is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hey, Wazell, I think we should record a new ad for Bananaaser. Great idea, Dave. We should say that Banana Laser Horror Podcast is hosted by us and Alex. What? I heard my name. I think we should talk about the retrospectives. They've been a pretty big hit. Fucking Friday the 13th, Saw, Halloween retrospective. Yeah, man. I've heard people listen to that Halloween retrospective every October like it's tradition. Yeah, you don't say. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. I do, too. You listen to your own podcast? Yeah, our shit is that damn good. Yeah, man, we should also say in the ad we hope to introduce horror fans to something new, whether it's a movie they haven't heard of or look at other films in a new way. Yeah, we could talk about our walking through the 80s specials we did when we covered the 80s movies. We could talk about rolling through the 70s. We could talk about you doing mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, we can. Are you writing this down? Writing? What are you two talking about? Yeah, and the ad should say all the technical stuff, too. Like, you can find our show and its full archive on horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Um, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's... Oh, well, hold on. We could talk about um, Banana Bites, because no one else does it. It's uh, the in-between episodes. Yeah, all about horror news, releases, and, of course, with our witty opinions and observations. Ugh. Yeah, shit. Perfect, man. I think that should do it. This new ad for Banana Laser is going to be awesome. Oh, that's what you guys are talking about. Can I be on it? No. <laughs> Banana Laser wins every time. Howdy, folks. Like blood, violence, freaks of nature. Then you come to the right place. My name is Gary, and I'm your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better, and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. All right, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slapped. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, Take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. 
Remember, here at the Southern Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. My name is Mike. You may know me from the Evil Episodes Podcast, where we talk about all that's good and bad on horror television. But I watch a lot of movies, too, and you can hear me and my panel of guests talk about these on the Not So Evil Episodes Sidecast. My name is Doug. You may know me from the No Budget Nightmares Podcast. Every month, we choose a theme that allows us to talk about some movies that don't always get the love or seething hatred they deserve. My name is Iris. You may know me from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts Podcast. Whether we're defending a movie we love or ripping apart a movie we hate, you can always expect some spirited and passionate discussion about movies on the Not So Evil Episodes podcast. My name is X. You may know me from the Kiss the Goat podcast. Join us once a month for unpredictable, not safe for work discussion about some of the best and worst movies ever made. There's not often a fight, but sometimes there is. That's a Not So Evil episode side. Turning movies inside out for your listening pleasure. You can find us on the Horror Philly Network, the Legion Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. proximity has the same dream what is it a secret that can no longer be kept it started a month ago what started a change in the earth and the sky his power there's a weird locking mechanism looks like it can only be opened from the inside a life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What? And you just heard the trailer for John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness from 1987. <laughs> now, we weren't kidding when we said critics hated this movie on its initial release. Bill Cosford of the Miami Herald said, Prince of Darkness is shapeless and almost utterly lacking in rhythm, as if it had been slashed, then badly reassembled like a Carpenter victim. <laughs> Vincent Canby of the New York Times called it surprisingly cheesy. And Richard Harrington of the Washington Post said, Prince of Darkness stinks. It too deserves to be shut up in a canister for seven million years. Ouch. <laughs> it's not a perfect film, but it's not that bad. Uh, no, not at all. Although it, it does have one of the longest title sequences that I can recall. 
<laughs> yeah, it literally goes on for about 15 to 20 minutes. But we get an idea of what's going on here. Yeah, it's easier to follow story threads than it is to go through the movie chronologically. I mean, not that we won't... Interrupt each other, because that's fun. The first thing we see is the death of a priest. <laughs> Suck it, priest. Goody. God damn, he's old. He's old. He's got a tiny little silver box on his chest. He does. And Donald Pleasance, of course, comes in to find out what's happening. Pleasance is also a priest, and his name is Father Loomis. Like Dr. Loomis. Right. I blessed him six times. <laughs> well, Loomis finds a diary in the dead priest's room, which details the existence of a rogue order of priests called the Brotherhood of Sleep. Of great import on this page is the phrase, The Sleeper Awakens. Well, that's that's from Dune. Yeah, but it's not the same thing. Not at, not even close. Well, I would have liked to have seen a giant sandworm in this movie. <laughs> I would too, but I really don't think it would have fit the overall theme. I would like to see a giant sandworm in every movie. Can't argue with that, love. So Father Loomis visits a bunch of other priests and nuns and even priest nuns and the occasional vicar. <laughs> he finds a silver key inside the priest's little box. Now, this key fits the lock of a door of a room in the basement of an abandoned church called St. Goddard's. I get it. That is a reference to Jean-Luc Godard, the French movie director, which is normally pretentious as shit. But it actually makes a lot of sense as we get further into the movie. You and your damn film watching research and shit. Yeah, you watch movies too. That's true. <laughs> Loomis ends up requesting a meeting with Professor Howard Birak, who is played by Victor Wong, best known for his role as Egg Boo in Big Trouble in Little China. Another Carpenter film. Are you trying to solve a mystery over there, Shaggy? It sounds like you're collecting clues. <laughs> no, I'm just putting shit together in my head. You know, like a mystery. Huh? <laughs> Birok is a quantum physics professor, and we learn pretty quickly Birok and Loomis were on a series of televised debates in the past, and they are friends now, which is sweet. Mm -hmm. Also, Birok's lectures are kind of hard to follow. Let's talk about our beliefs and what we can learn about them. We believe nature is solid and time constant. Matter has substance and time a direction. There is truth in flesh huh? and the solid ground. The wind may be visible, but it's real. Smoke, fire, water, light. They're different, not as to stone or steel, but they're tangible. And we assume time has narrowed because it is as a clock. One second is one second for everyone. Cause precedes effect. Birok's class is filled with people who seem old even for grad school. Fuck, I don't know. I could be wrong. I didn't make it that far. Uh, but what we do have is Jameson Parker from the TV show Simon and Simon and his amazing blonde porn stash. Uh, we also have Lisa Blunt, the hot ginger. And we have Dennis Dunn, the true hero of Big Trouble in Little China, as a fantastically racist Asian dude. And that's kind of weird. Yes. But I think one of the things this movie does really well is keeping the viewer a little off-center. Mm. 
Well, Pornstash likes the ginger, of course, and they keep talking about the nature of classical reality instead of the important things like, you know, does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> After a bad start, she finally agrees to go out with him. He suggests getting a cup of coffee. But he waits until she wakes up in his bed after a night of sex and probably algebra before he gets her any coffee. It's not cool, man. Imagine how thirsty she was all this time. Well, now it's time to talk about the signs in the sky and the signs, excuse me, the signs in the earth. As above, so below. Right? So the sun shines in the sky with this lovely sliver of a crescent moon visible just above it. A pretty obvious reference to the pagan horn god, which Christians bastardized into Satan. It's also very close to the symbol for Mercury. All it's missing is an inverted cross at the bottom. Mm, another clue. What? Nothing. No, no, nothing. Go ahead. Also, insects are being really weird. Ants seem agitated, milling about above ground. There's also a giant clump of ants in Pornstash's TV, upon which he was watching a news clip about the discovery of a new supernova. Now, this was not a flat screen. This was before screens uh, were flattened. Right. We should also discuss the homeless people who are milling about the church, staring at the sky and enjoying the company of insects. Uh, There's actually one woman who's standing outside, staring at the sky, while large black ants crawl all over her face. It's gross. So gross. Well, Professor Egg Fu and Father Loomis meet at St. Cadard's, and Loomis shows him the secret of the locked room. First, literally hundreds of lit candles. Don't know who lit them. Don't know how they've stayed lit. I don't know. Maybe low-heat wax, like bondage couples use? That... Okay, shit, that makes sense. There's also a giant book with text in five different languages, and it's been altered and written over several times. And I mean a big book, like a tome, like the unabridged version of The Stand, big fucking book. (laughs) And then (laughs) then there's the other thing. It's a cylinder, about eight feet tall, glass with brass lids, and inside is a green mass of liquid swirling around like a tremendous frozen Mountain Dew slushy. Like a bottle of evil mouthwash. It looks like it should be minty, but I bet it's not. You know, like how you think vanilla extract should be sweet, and then you drink a few bottles of it, and it isn't sweet at all. Why would you drink more than just a taste of vanilla extract? High alcohol content. Oh... Understood. Continue. Father Loomis knows that the green thing is evil. He can feel its evil power growing. So Loomis wants Birok to put together a team to study the canister and find out what it really is. What does science have to do with religion? (laughs) It's a dangerous mixture, to be sure, Cootie. Well, that weekend, Birok and his crew, which includes Asian Guy, Pornstash, and Ginger meet up with some other grad students whose names are not important because they're all victims. So let's just describe them in funny ways. Uh, there's black guy. Mom woman. Asian translator girl. Big hair with glasses lady. Dude in the white linen jacket. Guy who replaced Charles Cyphers in John Carpenter's usual group of actors that he uses. Uh, guy with two lines in the whole movie. And Dirk Blocker. Why can't we get to use his real name? Well, his dad was on Bonanza. He gets a pass. 
That's a fair cop. And they have computers and seismographs and all the machines that go bing. And they're all aimed at this mysterious cylinder of swirling liquid. And they are trying to scientifically determine whether evil exists. And they're also trying to determine if it's possible to scientifically determine whether evil exists. They can measure its energy, though, and it is growing. In fact, they postulate that whatever it is may actually have enough mental energy to use psychokinesis. Ooh. Well, it's certainly moving the homeless people around. Uh, they've surrounded St. Goddard's at this point and are just creepy, creepy, creepy in general. <laughs> One woman starts kissing Father Loomis's hand while holding a paper cup full of maggots and worms. Is she going to eat them? Well, I think they're her pets, so it's more of a training situation than a dining situation. Although the protein content in those suckers, damn near unbeatable. That's true. That's true. People eat crickets all the time. Yeah. Not here, but in other places. Um, Asian translator girl says she won't have any problems with the words that she has to translate, but the numbers are hard. Well, goddamn. I guess it's a good thing she's got that computer. <laughs> it might actually have a calculator built into it. Right? Well, the problem is that there are differential equations in that giant book of evil, and it was written before mankind had invented differential equations. The plot thickens. Mm. Meanwhile, Mom Woman has a mysterious bruise on her arm. She's you know, she's a clumsy twat. But the weird thing is, the bruise is forming into the shape of an alchemical symbol known as the Astrologer's Cross. Now, one of the grad students tries to leave the church to go home. He's done for the night and fuck it, he's going to go get a beer. He's greeted by the sight of a crucified pigeon. <laughs> oh, and there's also a fucking platoon of demon-influenced homeless people blocking his exit. And their leader is Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper picks up a bicycle. Now, the bicycle is broken. It does not have a front tire. But he stabs the lab dude with a bicycle, <laughs> impales him. And when he falls, uh, the bike lands on its back tire, so the dude is perfectly balanced. That's fucking skill. It's a great shot. It really is. So they've done carbon dating on the lid of this canister and learned that it is 7 million years old. Now, that's older than the Earth if you're a particular breed of conservative Christian. Big hair with glasses lady walks up to the cylinder to look at it. You know, just get a closer peek at what everyone is studying so intently. And suddenly, a stream of water shoots out of the thing and hits her right in the mouth. <laughs> It does not taste good. She chokes. And she writhes around on the floor. And that is not a euphemism, kids. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a meeting upstairs to discuss what else Asian translator girl has learned. Turns out, Jesus was an alien. <laughs> but a very human-like alien. Apparently, he came to Earth to warn us about the evil inside the big glass tube. Yeah, all that shit about be nice to each other and don't be a dick, that was all just a side note. Well, the Cathals knew about it, but kept it quiet. They changed the context of evil to make it a spiritual concept instead of an actual physical one. 
thereby making the existence of the green thing a secret. It's like sleight of hand, but with your mouth. Uh, back in <laughs> back in the basement, um, big hair lady with glasses no longer needs her glasses because apparently after that shot to the mouth, uh, Satan has cured her of astigmatism. Hallelujah. So she's all weird now, though. She doesn't talk, and her eyes are like crazy wide. Spirok and Loomis are having a little conversation where it's brought up that every particle has an opposite, an anti-particle. Now, the going theory is that the green swirl in the big jar is not just Satan. It is the complete polar opposite of God. It is the anti-God. Every rose has its thorn. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Now, this point of view gets out amongst the general populace, and being scientists, most of the people in the place don't believe it. So Guy in the white linen jacket is so emphatic about his disbelief, he refers to the theory as caca. You're out of your minds! This is a joke! This is caca! <laughs> caca? Who fucking says that? Uh, this guy. Says it <laughs> twice! So he's he really believes in the power of caca. Um, so it's almost justifiable because of the whole caca incident um, that the homeless woman with the maggot cup runs at him and stabs him to death with a pair of shears. And let's talk oh, about this... for a second about what an Argento shot that is. It was gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's just you see her hand holding the shears and you can tell there's movement almost like it's a like on Dragon Ball Z where the kids are charging up to be Saiyans or whatever. It's fantastic. Just, and then so, so much penetration. Okay, sorry. Really brutal. Yeah, yeah it is brutal. <laughs> well, apparently at this point, maggots are now out of style. Now the insect of choice is a giant black beetle. Fucking thousands of giant black beetles crawling all over her and all over him. Fashions change so fast in the insect world. And then the dreams start. This is not a dream. Not a dream. You're using your brain's electrical system as a receiver. We are unable to transmit to conscious neural interference. You are receiving this broadcast as a dream. We are transmitting from year one nine. <laughs> Only they aren't dreams. Apparently they are transmissions from the future from whatever remains of the Brotherhood of Sleep. Anyone near the anti-god sees the same thing when they sleep. It's like a television transmission from the future, which shows this shadowy figure, ostensibly something evil, emerging from the doors of St. Goddard's. Now the Brotherhood of Sleep, in the future, is using tachyon beams, which move faster than light, to broadcast this message to the past where it is picked up by the brain as electrical impulses which manifest themselves in dreams. What if they bounce them off the main deflector dish? <laughs> I think you're I think that's exactly how they do it. Anyway, now Asian translator girl decides she's gonna lie down to take a nap. Used to wear glasses lady comes in and straddles her. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Well, the Asian translator girl gets a mouthful of evil Listerine. That's how it works out for her. 
<laughs> used to wear glasses lady spits demon juice all over her face and fills her mouth. It's the devil's bukkake. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I... <laughs> It's gross. But the next time we see the translator girl, she's frantically typing on her computer just the phrase, I live, over and over and over again. I thought it was called, they live. Wrong Carpenter movie, love. Uh, sorry. Anyway, she also types shit about how they won't be saved by Jesus or the god Plutonium, and they won't be saved at all. And that's when White Linen Suit Guy shows back up, and he's got a message. I've got a message for you, and you're not going to like it. Look at his chest. Ready for death. Jesus Christ! Then he literally falls apart because it was just a bunch of those black beetles inside his clothing making it look like he was still alive. The rest of the gang figures it out when his fucking head falls off and then his leg and then all those little black bugs start scurrying around and skittering on the pavement. Asian translator girl and used to wear glasses lady move the anti-god. Yeah the entire canister because apparently seven million years ago somebody thought it would be a good idea to put casters on the fucking thing so they move it into the room where mom woman is sleeping you know the one with the weirdly shaped bruise now this is where a racist asian dude comes in and finds them he makes a couple of sexist jokes then a racist joke and then notices that no one is responding to him which is probably a good reaction to him anyway so when he realizes that the anti-god is in there, he pulls his head out of his ass pretty quick. The stuff inside the canister is dripping up. It's gathering on the ceiling where it sort of waves itself over to where Mom Woman is, and she's getting waterboarded by the devil. <laughs> All the liquid is going into her body, falling from the ceiling into her mouth and nose. She is becoming the living vessel for the anti-god. So it's at this point that racist Asian dude does the smart thing and hides in a supply closet. He can still see the two possessed women who are standing guard over Mom Woman, who has suddenly learned how to swallow. Yeah, Mom Woman looks pregnant. No, that's just water retention. Also, her skin is gone. She's just a grinning skull with gnarly arms at this point, and she's got a really weird smile. Seriously, it's not a good look for a girl with blunt blonde bangs. Now, the rest of the crew has their hands full with other stuff. Uh, black guy killed himself, but it didn't work. He's back. He's walking around singing Amazing Grace. Uh, in fact, pretty much, pretty much everyone is dead, except for Porn Stash, Ginger, and a couple others. So there are devil zombies. There are homeless people outside the church ready to pounce like some shitty tower defense game. And they've still got to break through a plaster and brick wall to rescue racist Asian guy. Now, the anti-god, who is now a blonde woman with terrible skin, finds a compact on the floor. You know the kind. It's got the little mirror in it. 
Well, the mirror is apparently real fucking important because she tries to shove her fingers into it and then gets mad when she can't fit her whole hand in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but wait, there's a bigger mirror. Oh, thank and, God. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but apparently there is something worse than the anti-God because Mom Woman looks at the big mirror and starts calling for her father. Yeah, some bad shit's about to go down. And when Anti-God touches the mirror, it shimmers like Mercury or the T2, and she reaches her whole arm into it, and something reaches back. So whatever the Anti-God is, it has a father who has been trapped, and if she can pull it out of the mirror, the whole of humanity is fucked like Chuck. Father Loomis is hiding in the same room, behind a wall, like a pussy. So he peeks around and figures out pretty quickly what's going on. Well, he's got his special cathol powers that allow him to understand extreme situations like that. Yeah, meanwhile, the rest of the people... Wait, wait, how many are left? Doesn't fucking matter. We didn't even know their names. <laughs> they were just there to get a big mouthful of Satan and walk around like they just jumped out of a Fatal Frame game. You're just another victim, kid. Uh, you should know, though, that Ginger and Pornstash and racist Asian dude are still alive at this point. Right. So while Anti-God is reaching into the mirror like Alice in Wonderland, something else is reaching towards her. So the Anti-God has a father. Is it Satan? Is it something worse? Is it Kiefer Sutherland still trapped in that fucking department store? <laughs> no idea, but it has even worse leprosy than its daughter. So, Ginger, who decides at this point to show more gumption than the she's shown in the entire movie, <laughs> fucking hits the anti-god from behind with a running tackle. Spears her like Roman Reigns. Believe that. And they both fly into the liquid mirror. Yeah, and then Father Loomis jumps out like, I don't know, fucking super priest, and throws a fire axe through the mirror, shattering it into a million pieces. I broke it six times! Exactly. Now this takes place right in front of Pornstash, who suddenly realizes he is never getting laid again. So the anti-god, its father, and the ginger are all trapped in some kind of weird mirror world where you can breathe the liquid, uh, like that shit they put Ed Harris in, in the abyss. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, I do too. Makes me cry every time. Love you, Virgil. Love you, wife. Well, that's gonna do it for Prince of Darkness. <laughs> we'll be back after this for Act 3 of Kiss the Goat. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off. Hi, 
I'm Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal. And for the past 40 years, in between barbecuing oxen and roasting boar for my insatiable appetite, I never miss an episode of Dr. Action and the Kick-Ass Kid Commentaries. Ain't that right, Johnny? Hi, I'm Dr. Action. Hi, and I'm the Kick-Ass Kid. When I'm not watching action films, I'm usually polishing my gun while looking at a back. And when I'm not watching action films, I'm normally outside with a harpoon killing puppies. But usually, you can find us both watching 80s, 90s action films. You could follow us on Twitter, Dr. Action Kick-Ass. You can find us on our main page, which is drActionKickass.blogspot.com. You can also find us on iTunes and TalkShoe. Yes, every week we do a commentary on an 80s and 90s action classic, and where we can, we also provide the film so that you can watch along with it. This podcast explodes. Hey, where's that baby mama at? I gotta tell you somebody. Are you tired of the same old stuff Hollywood puts out week after week? You know, all those less than appealing remakes? Those films with over-the-top CG and no storyline? Well, we don't have to take it anymore thanks to the 2015 B-Movie Celebration. Polyscope Media presents the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration. In 2015, we're going to go back in time, back to 1985 to be exact. The 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration will feature the following films from this time period. Fright Night. Malibu Express. The Last Dragon. Invasion USA. Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. Return of the Living Dead. Trencers. Reanimator. Morons from Space. The Stuff. Life Force. Defcon 4. Damnation Alley. Better Off Dead. Godzilla 1985. Along with those 80s classics, we're going to showcase The Blob from 1958 and Death Race 2000 from 1975. So pack those bags, recharge that flux capacitor, and join us for the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration on August 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2015 at the Brown County Playhouse in Nashville, Indiana. For updated information on this event, bookmark the bmoviecelebration.com website using your favorite browser, and we promise to have you home back in time. Titles mentioned in this promo are subject to change without notice. The Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast is an official sponsor of the 9th Annual B-Movie Celebration. We have returned, as you knew we would, and it's time to play America's favorite game of animal husbandry. Three questions! Three questions! Stop! Who would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions, please? There is so much to talk about with this movie. Holy shit. Okay, so uh, question number one. Is this truly a devil movie? I Yes, it is absolutely a devil movie. It is meta devil. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any more devil than anti-god. And if the anti-god has a father, that's like anti-anti-god. Or wait a minute, maybe, maybe it actually is god. Ooh. I don't know. There's a whole lot of shit to think about in this movie. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's absolutely a devil movie. What about you? I, I totally disagree. Oh, <laughs> shit. 
No, I think this is a fucking Cathol conspiracy movie that God doesn't exist. Mankind has been influenced by extraterrestrial beings since before we climbed out of the primordial ooze. And ever since we found out about it, the Cathols have been hiding it. I, shit, I can't argue with that either. But see, it's all that. It's all that and more. It's a devil movie. It's a Cathol conspiracy movie. It's, um... Well, beyond all, it's a John Carpenter movie, so of course it's got hints of awesomeness to it. But okay, I mean, I see your point. I see your point. I think it's a devil movie, and you don't. It's called Prince of Darkness, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. It's not about the Prince Charles. <laughs> It'll be Prince of Big Nose, which actually still fits into the song, if you sing it that way. Um... <laughs> So question number two, on a scale of one to six, how many horns high do you give Prince of Darkness? I give it a solid five horns high. I also give it five horns high. I fucking love this movie, all It is my favorite Carpenter film. And you're the only person I've ever heard say that, and I respect you for that madly. I know it puts me in a minority, but I fucking love this movie. It's so crazy, and it's got this weird, slow, insidious chill that starts from the first moment in the movie and it doesn't it's it's relentless it keeps going till the very end it does it does yeah i absolutely love this movie also not my favorite carpenter but i would say one of my favorite carpenter scores the soundtrack's amazing it is amazing and again just the fact that it brings in so many different um scientific theories and things to think about it's it's a mind fuck and yeah I absolutely love this movie so yeah five horns high well good at least we agree on that well question number three is why should our listeners watch Prince of Darkness or should they Um, because it's a John Carpenter devil movie (laughs) because it's a good John Carpenter movie (laughs) (laughs) without the devil No, seriously, please watch this movie. If you have not seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. I really love it. We watch it about, what, once a month, once every couple of months here. Yeah, it's one of those movies we just pop in, you know, because some light viewing. Let's (laughs) let's watch this movie about the nature of evil and quantum physics. And we'll have have cinnamon toast. It'll be a lovely (laughs) evening. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Shit, I mean, if there was ever a movie where the underlying moral is don't drink the water it's Prince of Darkness and I gotta say I agree I mean certainly there are other things for a person to put into their mouths you know I suggest alcohol personally hell it might have helped the people in Prince of Darkness it's an antiseptic after all that's true and that implies that maybe evil is uh, airborne or waterborne but that's okay I'm going off going off again sorry Look, if you're going to watch Prince of Darkness and you're going to drink, let us help you. I mean, you might as well have fun with it, huh? As opposed to sitting around by yourself, getting sloshed in a dark room with no friends about. We're your friends. We're also enablers. (laughs) It must be time for Drinking with the Devil. This is America's favorite drinking game where your love of movies meets your disdain for your own liver. Hey, drink! Every time the Asian kid makes a racial slur. Drink every time Father Loomis says something vague and confusing. (laughs) (laughs) 
drink every time Professor Birak makes a squinchy face. Drink every time Pornstash undresses Ginger with his eyes. Oh, wow. And finally, <laughs> our Grandmaster Challenge, drink every time you see a bug. Ew. <laughs> That's just horrible. I know. As always, please remember that we do not condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse. However, they've, they've always, always worked, worked for, for us. us. Oh my goodness, youngsters, look what time it is. Hammer time? Stop. No. It's time for Ask the Goat, where we answer your questions and question your answers. I'll send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever. As my lovely assistant Cootie rummages around in the malevolent mailbag. Rummage, rummage, rummage. Let me remind you that you can always ask us a question because we are open and approachable people who pose no threat to you whatsoever. Best way to do it, join our Facebook group page, which is on Facebook. No shit. I wasn't done. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat. Come on in and meet some of the other crazy fuckers that listen to this show and maybe some who don't. I don't know what you people do in your spare time. Um, you can also always drop us an email at our evil email address, which is the goat of madness at gmail.com. Which is exactly what Chuck Knight did, and he wants to know if we're ever going to cover the movie The Servants of Twilight. That's that's that Dean Koontz thing, right? And I don't know. I'm not really a big Koontz fan. Well, I am. I like his stuff, so it's a potential. We'll put it on the list. Okay, fair enough. There you go, Chuck. Next, there you go, Chuck. <laughs> Well, our next question is from Duncan McLeish, who asks, Of all of the states in the grand old U.S. of A., why the hell did the devil go down to Georgia? Have you been to Georgia? I've lived in Georgia, Dunk. That's it is hell. hell. <laughs> yeah. Our next question is also from Duncan, and now he wants to know our top three Sam Neill movies, because he's a bastard. <laughs> He is a bastard. He likes giving us food for thought. Um, let's see. My favorite Sam Neill films. Uh, Event Horizon. Duh. Because fucking terrifying movie. I love it. Um, In the Mouth of Madness. Also extremely creepy. And Sam Neill was fantastic in it. And probably Jurassic Park. Because fucking dinosaurs, dude. <laughs> Um, I'm going to agree with you on two of those. Um, absolutely Event Horizon, because he's amazing in that movie. So mm -hmm. scary. Um, also In the Mouth of Madness, which is one of my favorite Carpenter films. Um, and probably one of the best Lovecraft films ever made that never ever mentions H.P. Lovecraft. Right. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to go with Jurassic Park 3. Uh -huh. Uh that's my favorite out of all of them so far. I like it because really it's just a larger budget remake of Carnosaur. So it's just lean, mean, drive-in material. It, it, so I like it way better. It doesn't have that Spielberg bloat that the first two <laughs> Jurassic Parks have. Right. And just the fa when, you, when you see Sam Neill's face and he realizes 
that he's going back to the island and he has no desire to go back to the island, it's a great piece of acting. Just his face <laughs> is beautiful. So those are my three. Okay. Well, Danny Trioxin comes up with this gem of a question. He wants to know, was the devil really inside of NXS's front man, Michael Hutchins, when he checked out? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say something was inside Michael Hutchins. Um, probably a traffic cone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of shit I expect from Danny Trioxin. That's exactly that. Uh, he is, by the way, the de facto host of the Midnight Horror Show, which is a live show on the Internet every Wednesday night. And now they have their own network, which is really fucking cool. So yeah. TMHS Radio every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 Eastern Time. Excellent, excellent stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, this one's from Jason White. He wants to know, how do you guys pick a movie for the next show? Does it ever come to fisticuffs? Are there secret ancient rituals, sacrifices to the dark ones? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but they don't have anything to do with the show. Um <laughs> No, Jason, usually it's just us sitting on the couch half lit and one of us yelling, hey, we should do this movie next episode. And the other one going, fuck, yeah, that's a great idea. And that's that's typically how that ends up working. Yeah, because we are professionals. Yep. <laughs> this is how this is how people actually run their shows. <clears throat> oh, let's see. Cindy, Sin Fallon is here and she has a question for our listeners. Um. Cindy asks, am I the only one who gets turned on listening to Kiss the Goat? Um, no. Hell, I do most shows one-handed. Jesus. <laughs> why aren't we doing, why are we doing this on video? Why are we not videoing this? I will just file that away for my own personal record. Um, shit, I don't know. Golly, if you do get turned on listening to Kiss the Goat, send us pictures. Oh, yeah. We'd like proof of that. You know, we won't Picture share. It didn't happen. Yeah, we won't share it with anybody but each other. So, there you go. Um, well, finally, we started the segment with Chuck Knight. So, let's end the segment with Chuck Knight. That seems right. Right? Right. Chuck asks, why is there air and why do stupid people keep breathing mine? <laughs> you haven't claimed it. Yeah. You need to claim your own supply of air. You need to walk around with, like, a big diving bell helmet and tanks, just large <laughs> tanks of air. And, and that an way, And that way, the stupid people who are breathing the outside air, you won't even hear them because you're inside of a giant fucking helmet. Perfect. Wow. Okay. Shit, that was easier than I thought. Um, <laughs> and feasible. Thanks, everyone, for your questions, and you are welcome for our answers. You can thank us for our brutal honesty by leaving us a nice five-star review on the iTunes machine. Say nice things about us to the iTunes. Tell the iTunes how much you love the iTunes. Proceed with your desires and supplications to the iTunes. Oh, iTunes, how special you are. Your diseases are like love to me, oh, iTunes. Okay, ease down. Ease down, cutie. You are grinding metal at this point. Sorry. Um, you should also visit our website, kissthegoat.weebly.com, 
so you can visit our online store and buy stuff from us as an indication of love and desire for us. I'm pretty sure all you fuckers need a flask. We've got them. Check us out. <gasps> oh, we should make a drinking with the devil flask. I don't, I don't know if they manufacture them big enough. Probably not. That'd be like a. Can you get a gallon flask? <laughs> that I seems wish. unwieldy. <laughs> Let's put a belt on it. It'll be all right. <laughs> Holster. <laughs> Anyway, thanks to Jason at the Horrorphilia Network for continuing to let us dirty up the internet with our own brand of happy evil. And thanks to you, listeners and supporters, for keeping this show alive with your interaction and delightful sexual innuendo. In your what? <laughs> In your endo. <laughs> dirty bugger. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of Kiss the Goat. The circle is open. Until next time, I'm Cootie. My name is X. Hell Satan. He fears the truth. He fears what's gonna be. He spits on life. He spits on God. He spits on death for you and me. Prince of darkness. Yes, Alice Cooper. <coughs> yeah? Yeah. Bring me my medicine. Exactly. <laughs> All the clamps. I got... Okay. I take the nerve pills. <laughs> Used to wear glasses, lady. Spits G-man... G-man? Uh-huh. Demon juice. I can't even say demon. Just G-man juice. G-man... I don't know. Can we back up and let me do that one again? <laughs> Show her. Oh, God. Demon. Okay. Five, four, three. Get people to shop more locally and make them aware of the local shops, and I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, we had five, six wonderful reviews of our customers. We haven't got a website, but we can put our addresses online now, which will help customers uh, choose and uh, a great way of uh, displaying our goods. I'm from Bowles Over, and I think Panic Bowls Over is a brilliant idea. It's a great idea. Panic Bowls Over is a fantastic idea.